This week we're talking about campaign finance. Um, in particular, I want to talk about one person uh, named JC. He's in uh, Des Moines, Iowa. I talked to him uh, about the campaigns. And uh, Des Moines, obviously, is a pretty big campaign stop. Uh, uh, the state capital is apparently a great backdrop. So they started coming through just for the shot around December, but really in January they started seeing him. Right. Uh, and he said the next day, right after uh, – the, the, the caucus was over with, that they just started completely, completely leaving. I'm J.C. Wilson. It's a co-owner at the Streetcar 209, and the Rooftop is a restaurant and bar in the East Village in Des Moines, Iowa. Um, uh, there was, let's say, a day or two, and I re- even remember uh, some breakfast that was even the Sunday. I even overheard them talking, this, this group of Hillary, um, Hillary uh, supporters, Talking about their planes they had to catch while they were eating here, <laughs> you, know, you could just tell that they were—they were just the next stop from here was, was some other state. What about when it came to Des Moines, right? How do you think that money got spent in Des Moines? In Des Moines? Yeah. Do you think that he felt it? Well, it seemed like it seems like I mean, I mean they were spending money on uh, you know on the restaurant, right? Uh, they got to eat. People got to eat. Um, but yeah, I mean, it affected him in a positive manner. I want to say just because right. there's more more people, more populace into into his restaurant. Um, but I'm sure they've had to use other amenities, so I guess it's it's only been a a boon, I guess, to to their economy. My name is Dave Swenson. I'm a community economics educator uh, at Iowa State University. I work in the Department of Economics. So what you you see what's going on is that we have a tremendous amount of money being spent on behalf of the spectacle that is called the Iowa caucuses, but it's not being spent directly in the state. Even the ads, the very prodigious ad buys, those are made by, by ad consultants, and those ad consultants then buy blocks of time. Those consultants aren't in Iowa, and those agencies that, that book that time aren't in Iowa. So even though the ad runs in Iowa and it's credited to a local radio or TV station, um, we can't track that money very well into Iowa because it's the, the, the money actually was spent outside of the state. Oh, wow. Right? That's messed up. So when talking with Professor Swenson, right, um, it was interesting to, to hear so where that money gets spent. Right? I never thought, oh, ads. It just goes to ads, right? Sure. Oh, ads. Yeah. yeah. But where's that money get taken like where where where's the ad money go when it goes into the ether right like i was oh yeah you know like local tv stations but not really like they kind of see it but for like a month yeah once every four years for a month yeah that's that's nothing (laughs) right 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 uh and then it gets funneled to the same places so it just gets funneled to media in different states right states where they're already doing this at our economy isn't going to necessarily hire more people to take care of all of that. It's just going to put a few more hours into the people that are already working here in the state um, over the course of that week. So in that case, jobs don't grow, but maybe paychecks grow a little bit as a consequence. It's also important to, to remember this. Dining, drinking, hotels, motels, and car rentals are not high-paying jobs. It's interesting to see that it's it's a blip, like right. It's a, it's a drop in the bucket. It's exactly what you were saying. Then uh, let's say a January before would definitely be less. Uh, caucuses, you can count on a little more traffic, and then hopefully, eh, luckily our food's good and the beer's cold, so they, they they do tend to buy a thing or two. I wouldn't say large. It was just 
it made a Thursday night occasionally just better than better than normal. It's exactly what Professor Swenson was saying, right? Yep. Made it, made a Thursday night a little bit better, a little bit longer. Back in the Obama's day, that that was really fun. Um, the, the Obama, two, both of his his runs, we we felt their people. They were right here uh, on a on a regular basis. You'd be you'd be delivering food over there a little bit, and so yeah, it went to our our bottom line too, actually. They, they he got found out. I feel like so people started coming through uh, a little bit more. So I, I asked him why it was fun. You know, once those Bernie types would find us, they'd come back a little bit. You know, that's another thing you you get out of the whole thing is new faces that might not normally come here. Well, now we made some friends and and they would hopefully come back if they live here. If, if the Democrats are showing up, I'm going to embrace them. Um, and in the meantime, I suppose some of their uh, views and ideals did rub up on me. That I mentioned that uh, drinking liberally bunch that you know, so you would overhear, you befriend them, and then all of a sudden they talk about an issue. And in my old age, I guess I, I can, I can sympathize, or, or uh, it would not be so. I'm not drawing lines as much. I can uh, understand a little more when you, when you, when you get up there a little bit. Uh, and uh, I think my feelings on the my conservative, you know, trickle-down kind of, if you don't have the money, don't buy it kind of idea. It just made sense. Um, I'm not sure they're, they're working if you just look at history and things like that. Having like a philosophical and political impact. Well, it's it's having more of an impact than we can't really quantify, right? So, like, I can go in and I can tell you numbers, right, like how much money they spent. Some places even said, like, hundreds of millions of dollars are being spent in Iowa. So I pulled something up here from uh, the total amount spent on the campaign ads in Iowa. And this is before, this is the 26th is when they put this together of uh, January and February 1st was uh, when the, uh, the Iowa campaign was. So, uh, so it's even more. It's, pre- it's, it's, it's like real. It's like right before the closing week, right? So it's, they, they spent more, right? But more than 70 million had been spent by that point. Wow. Um, Hillary was already at 9 million and Bernie was at 7.4 at this point. Trump uh, stole out 3.3 million, and uh, Ted Cruz had spent six million. Um, it's interesting how much Hillary and, and Bernie had to spend on that. But um, now, is that total? Is that apart from super PACs, or is it with super PACs? This is apart from super PACs. So okay. this is their campaign spending their it. Campaign spending. So you bring up an interesting point, right. which is the fact that there's definitely more than that being spent in support of these candidates yeah. than is in support and just straight up against them, just attacking them. Okay, so uh, what do you know about Citizens United? Uh, well, Citizens United, what from what I've gathered, it was a decision by the Supreme Court that pretty much allowed for an unlimited amount of money in politics. So, like, these things called PACs. PACs, right. PACs, Political action committees. Right. So that people can donate to that thing, um, and individuals can throw as much money in there as possible, and people not really even right. knowing, because it's like a private... Those are all right. So put a little more color in that. Yeah. Uh, Citizens United was actually a Supreme Court case. It was. Right. Uh, this is the interesting thing. Okay, so a... Nonprofit organization. So these political action committees are nonprofits that are set up by a bunch of people who want to support like issues, causes. Well, um, are there any super PACs for not politicians though? I mean, have you ever yeah. seen one? Yeah, yeah. There's it- yes. So like issues. So like there could be a, a pack for the Koch brothers. The Koch brothers are a super PAC, right? right. They support a series of issues. Um, 
so it's not just for one candidate or things like that. It could just be like I'm supporting conservative causes, which is yeah. actually what it was. So Citizens United is the nonprofit organization that's conservative, right? That was right. suing because of an ad that was negatively portraying Hillary Clinton. Yep. Yep. Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Right. Um, but they couldn't air it because it was like previous... it was it was too close to the election. For them to air it or something like that. I know that. that it was because of a different act that was in place. It was the 2002 Bipartisan Campaign Reform Act. Okay. So the ruling was, right, because Citizens United was a corporation, right, not profit. Right. The ruling was that they don't have to abide by federal spending limits when it comes to... Federal spending limits. Right. Exactly. Right. So corporations and unions... And unions, yeah, that's great. ...are allowed so. to donate unlimited amounts... Uh, not donate unlimited amounts, but spend unlimited amounts, yeah. donate to campaigns and unlimited amounts, that kind of stuff. My name is uh, Nick Stephanopoulos. I'm a professor uh, at the University of Chicago Law School. Un- unquestionably, the the most important development in campaign finance uh, in the last several years uh, is the, the Citizens United decision, uh, which has now unleashed uh, an awful lot of independent spending that we didn't see uh, before the decision. So there's a lot more spending after this, right? Yes. Which is something that's happened. There's no limits now. For like, sure. For like a pack, right? Like a right. pack or a company can do that, right? Right. I, I, there's something in, when I was doing the research for this um, that I thought was interesting was how often do you hear that like Apple donated to somebody's campaign? You don't really hear it. No. They spend a lot of money on lobbying, right? But you don't hear about donating to campaigns, right? But these not, not like PACs. You hear about PACs all the time. Citizens for this, citizens for that. Right. Blank blank for Hillary. Right. So there's a couple things that he talked about um, with the coordination vibe. Uh, so officially, they are uh, prohibited from coordinating with the super PAC. And if they do coordinate with the super PAC, uh, as a matter of law, uh, that's a felony because all of a sudden the, the super PAC spending is not independent spending. Uh, if it's done in coordination with a candidate. Exactly. Real quick, like it's independent spending is not independent spending if it's done in coordination with the campaign, right? Exactly. So they can spend an unlimited amount of money if it's independent spending. That's the stipulation, right? Which is, it's, how do they get like, around those rules now, right? Yeah. The, the spending is transformed into a contribution to the candidate. And it's obviously a contribution that's way over the uh, uh, permissible limit for contributions. Um, so the, the, the official legal answer is that uh, coordination is banned, and if there is any coordination, it's a, a quite serious felony. Um, the real answer is that there's all sorts of informal coordination, social ties between the, the candidate and the super PAC. Uh, candidates routinely get their closest advisors to run the super PAC, uh, candidates routinely raise money for super PACs before they declare that they're a candidate. Uh, they also will do things like um, post polling information uh, on random websites that no one leaves. Did you hear that? Random websites? Hold on a second. I, I, there's, there's, it's post polling information uh, on random websites that no one leaves, but that a super PAC can read. And so find out what the polls are saying about the candidate's position. Uh, so, you know, in, in, in my mind, the, 
the anti-coordination rules are uh, completely failing. That's shady. Yeah. The anti-coordination laws are completely... It's a serious felony, but you can. there's so many loopholes that you're probably never going to get a felony. Creating a secret website that's like... It's probably like byt four seven six nine eight five dot you know io right yeah and it's not gonna get and you just put all this stuff up there so you can't search it on google the the other thing i i always i i thought was interesting when, when i was talking with him was that he just said right there was raising money for a pack like a candidate will raise money for a pack before he declares that he's a candidate yeah so you can raise money for yeah and then oh but we're not connected it's independent spending yeah right he's out pimping out his pack <laughs> Before it's his back, right? 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 Yeah. And then he's making then, websites for him on the side. And then he becomes a candidate, and then it's not it's still his pack, but not his pack at the same oh, time. Oh, I didn't you know think of saying? it like that. That's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. It's his pack, but it's not his pack. Right. Yeah. So that's that's kind of weaselly. Yeah. Yeah. They can uh they can guess what's gonna be in the candidate's best interest and act accordingly. You know, they can and they can guess based on uh pretty darn good information. Uh, but it's not quite the same thing as uh, in real time being able to talk with the, camp- the candidate, the campaign manager, the chief strategist, uh, you know, because the, uh, there's still some effects to the anti-coordination uh, rule. Um, they, have to, uh, they, they have to speculate as to how to best advance the candidate's uh, interest. They don't know directly um, what the candidate thinks. Um, and we see this kind of thing all the time where the candidates, uh, you know, candidates flip on a dime and say, like, you know, I wasn't running any ads in uh, Florida yesterday, but now I see an opportunity to, to run some ads in Florida. Uh, and so the candidate's campaign can easily flip on a dime and do that. Uh, it's a little harder for the super PAC, which uh, isn't sure whether the candidate uh, really wants the ads in Florida or whether it's a bluff. They're not sure uh, how many ads the candidate wants in Florida. They're not sure if it's best to run the ads in Miami or in Jacksonville. You know, there's a lot of tactical questions about spending that the campaign itself is, uh, you know, perfectly suited to answer, but that are uh, a little more puzzling if you're not allowed to uh, uh, interact with the, the candidates. So it works a little bit. Yeah. There's still secret sites, but like what he said, like, you don't know if it's Jacksonville or Miami. Yeah. It's a little harder, but, but they... they... Right. Educated guessers. Yeah. <laughs> You're convinced there's texting. A little bit. At least Snapchat or Twitter. No, not even. A DM. Like sliding through the DMs. The DM. I think there's some DM sliding going on. That's yeah. Like, they have to be coordinated. I mean, I I just can't buy. I just can't buy it that like there's just no communication between them. I just it's I can't buy it. Yeah. It's just, no. 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 You think it's just like lockstep and. Or you think like, they're? Do like, you think they're like just skipping down the lane together? Like, I think they have like those those uh, throwaway phones, you know. Oh, eight, burner phones. Yeah, burner phones, exactly. Mm. You know, like burner phones. And then, like, how do you feel about campaign finance, right? How do you yeah. feel about it? Like, it's uneven the playing field. Mm. It's always like my voice doesn't count as much as billionaire CEO man does, who is actually donating the super PACs. Like, he has like a thousand, a million votes, and I have this one vote. Right, because I can only I've donated twenty dollars. These guys to- donated twenty million. Okay, whose money is gonna go make a more of a difference? Right. So it seems like I'm, I've been, defranchised in that yeah. sense. You know, it yeah. sucks. Yeah, it really sucks. It does. 
No. Okay, would you use packs if you were running? Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> you would Why still not? use okay. the packs? Um, should I get a limited amount of money as much as my friends can, or should I not? Uh, uh, well, that's I'm the truth go of it. My friends' money. Um, and there's a lot of evidence that uh, candidates are closer ideologically to their donors than to members of their party or to voters in general. Uh, there's also evidence that when um, wealthy people or donors uh, want a certain policy to be enacted, uh, their odds of getting that policy enacted are far, far higher than for uh, middle-income people or poor people. Um, so there's good reason to think that uh, the uh, massive concentration of uh, wealth in the campaign finance system um, is having effects on our uh, broader political system too. All his, all, all the money that Bernie takes is all from the people. So his interest is their interest because they're the ones funding him. Whereas when you're funding these super PACs, or it could be Bernie, it could be super PAC. I don't know Hillary. I don't know who they're. I don't know who these people are. How much money they've made. How much they're donating. So that kind of sucks. Yeah. You know you you kind of hit that nail on the head a little bit. The whole point of Citizens United. Uh, was that corporations and unions uh, should be allowed to independently spend as much money as they want to in elections. Uh, so one might think that a lot of super PAC money is coming from corporations and unions. Um, but it turns out that's basically not the case at all. Uh, and the, the vast, vast majority of super PAC money is coming from rich individuals. Um, and what's interesting here is, you know, these rich individuals had the capacity to uh, spend independently even before Citizens United. Uh, so they didn't legally need the decision to start uh, dramatically increasing their level of spending. Uh, for them, it looks like the court's decision was more of a psychological trigger that made them feel like it's OK to do it. Uh, it changed the norm uh, about rich individuals uh, engaging in uh, this kind of spending. It goes back to Citizens United. Is it like, do they wealthy individuals feel more comfortable donating super PACs because their name isn't on it? Well, what his like, theory is, it's more of the fact that they said, well, corporations can donate all they want. Obviously, I should be able to. To go back to it, like if Apple donated all that money, they have to explain to their shareholders and they have to account for it, right? Where if you right. just are making the Apple money. If, if it's just me making the money, I mean, I don't have to account for it. I don't have to explain it to anyone. Right, right. So most of the people that donate, um, the first $176 million in presidential campaign funding, how many families do you think accounted for that much? Like 10 families. <laughs> <laughs> like 10 of them. 10? No, yeah, it's it, it's 158. Yeah, that's a small one. Like, yeah. Not even an eighth. Right? 158 families, that's, that could be an apartment building. Yeah. Right? What do you think their demographic is? <laughs> yeah, they're middle class. Yeah, they're, taking, they're driving a Hyundai. Yeah, middle class. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, so they're, they're mostly overwhelmingly entrepreneurs. Um, really? Yeah, overwhelmingly. A uh, few inherited their money. Most of them are entrepreneurs, <laughs> uh, which I thought was surprising as well. Um, most support Republicans. 138 of those uh, 158 families support Republicans to 20 that support Democrats. If you add in the next 200 families that gave at least $100,000, and you have half of all campaign donations in the same period of time. So 358 families gave half. 358 different groups of people who eat Thanksgiving together gave that. 
And how much percent is that? 358 families, oh. general population. 358. Well, there's 300 million people, right? It's small. Let's just say yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. small. It's a small percentage. Yeah. So that small percentage is having that is having just as much as influence as the rest of the, of America. So you gave twenty dollars. One person. Okay. This is once again from the New York Times article. The Chicago head fund billionaire Kenneth Griffin, uh, Ken Griffey. <laughs> For example, no. uh, earns about $68 million a month after taxes. He's given a total of 300000 to groups backing Republican presidential candidates, right? $300,000, that's like, that's a, that's a nice house in the suburbs. <laughs> that, how much do you think that that's the equivalent of for you? Like, how much, how much does he feel compared to how much you would feel? It's like him giving 20 bucks. It is, yeah, it is, it is. Yeah. It's him giving twenty-one dollars and seventeen cents. There you go. Yeah, that's close. Yeah, you were very close. Yeah. yeah, so it's nothing. It's 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 a drop in a bucket. Take federal money for the election money for the general election. You limit the campaign spending to twenty million dollars, which is the size of the grant that you get. Yeah, that's wait twenty million. That's yep. not even. That's like half of that. Yeah, I'm reading from the Federal Election Commission. I, I took this from the website. Uh, you can't take any more private funds. There is an exception for lawyers. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> lawyer money. You can you spend can all you totally, want. Yeah, you know, go nuts. Federal government loves lawyers. Uh, so all the lawyer money, and the, the stipulation is actually to navigate the laws <laughs> of this money that you're getting. Um, that's nothing. No wonder Obama turned it down, right? Right. It's it's a competitive money. It's a competitive disadvantage. Of course. Right. Yeah. It's like what you said. Like when I asked you, would you take PAC money? And you're like, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Right. <laughs> Should be an idiot not to. Right. Well, I mean, Bernie. Oh, uh, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, he lost. Yeah. That's there is public money available, right? So there are means in which you can fund a campaign without accepting this individual donor and pack money. But look at how much you're getting. Yeah. Right. I wonder how much that three hundred thousand dollars is like twenty dollars to them. You know, ten million dollars would be like like a thousand. Yeah. 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 It's a lot, but it's a good return on investment. If you told if I if I gave Bernie a grand and he would win, I would consider it. Right, yeah, I would consider it. Like you're telling me, Bernie's gonna win. Yeah, I mean, there goes a vacation. But I mean, like, uh, <laughs> vacation, better the country. Uh, I mean, I'll take the team on that one. <laughs> what I asked him, what can be done, right? Uh, I mean, the FEC, the Federal Election Commission, could uh, tighten the the definition of what it means to coordinate, uh, and they could also start prosecuting um, candidates and super PACs that uh, violate the, the new restriction and, uh, and are engaged in coordination. Um, of course, you know, the FEC in theory could do all of this. The FEC won't do any of this uh, because by law, it's divided 3-3 between um, Democratic and Republican appointees. And the, uh, the FEC needs four votes in order to issue any regulation. And uh, the, the Republicans on the FEC are uh, always adamant opponents of campaign finance reform and of tightening any of these regulations. So the, the odds are effectively uh, nil that the FEC will do something because uh, by design, it's uh, unable to uh, uh, be a very aggressive body 
in, uh, in enforcing campaign finance law. The Federal Election Commission is the independent government organization that oversees the elections, and they're appointed by Congress. Generally, there's tried to be even numbers, but like he said, they need four votes to pass any change. Well, they're made, and they're made up of Democrats and Republicans. Right? And the Republicans are adamantly against it. Against change. Any change, right? Which I know software. I, you know, I know how to develop software, right? And you got to constantly be changing. Otherwise, that <laughs> shit's gonna go stale, and it's gonna be bad, right? Right? Imagine a government, like a big government. <laughs> Stay the same. Yeah. Stay like, all right, guys. Like, I don't know if there's really the smoke and mirror stuff that you know you were mentioning going on, but at the very least, like, can we just get together, have a couple, you know, cups of tea, and talk about something, right? Like, can we just talk about something? I mean, what I mean, else can be done, right? Aren't they supposed to protect us, the FEC? They're supposed to be or our voice. Yeah, they're supposed to be leveling the playing field. Exactly. Well, there's there's a lot that they can do, right? But someone can do more. Even within the current uh, Supreme Court doctrine, um, there's a lot more that uh, Congress could do. Um, I mentioned that Congress could uh, tighten the the definition of coordination between super PACs and candidates. Uh, Congress could also infuse large amounts of public money into the system. Uh, and that would tend to crowd out a lot of the private money and uh, reduce a lot of the fears that we have uh, about the negative impact of the private money. Which is interesting. So he was referencing the Supreme Court Citizens United, which we keep going back to, mm-hmm. um, but saying that they did a lot of damage in doing that, right? But Congress can do more. Yeah. And he, he had some really valid points. Uh, tighten that definition between, you know, coordination. No, no Snapchats. Yeah. No Snapchats between no candidates. No text. Yeah, and then, yeah, have more public money in there. So there's more of me, everyday Mm -hmm. folks. Um, And again, lots of other democracies rely primarily uh, or exclusively on public financing. So there would be nothing uh, uh, odd or unusual um, about the U.S. also switching to um, a more heavily publicly financed model. Um, And there's also steps that can be taken at the sub-federal level. So... You know, states can experiment with different regulations. Uh, localities can do the same thing. Um, in fact, Seattle uh, just passed the country's first uh, publicly financed uh, voucher system. So uh, in Seattle going forward, uh, every voter will get uh, a $50 democracy voucher, something like that, um, with public money paying for the voucher. And then each voter can choose uh, how to allocate this voucher, you know, those 50 bucks, uh, among the different candidates that are running for, uh, for city council. What do you think about That's that? That's pretty awesome. That is, like, the awesomest idea. I like the name, Democracy Voucher. <laughs> you get your Democracy Voucher? Yet? No, I'm still waiting on that shit. Yeah, I got that, yeah. I, got, I heard Ted got his, like, two weeks ago. But, yeah, that's awesome. That's taking it, like, a step further we were talking about earlier. I was right? I was teasing you a little bit yeah. when I asked if you yeah. were okay with the money going to Donald Trump. Yeah. yeah. There's other ways. So he yeah. fixed that problem for yeah, he's a Smart hell of a guy. Thanks, yeah, man. he got there faster than I got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he saved he saved me there. Yeah. So yeah, so that's awesome. Each voter can choose, and that's cool because it kind of it's a, it's a vote too. Yeah. Because at money, is you're, you're supporting the cons. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's balanced. The thing is, okay, so I'll I'll throw this out. This this is for city council. This is on a city level. That's great. Fifty dollars. That's great. But once again, fifty dollars. That's five hundred thousand dollars to to that you know millionaire. But the city, so it's, it's smaller, right? Seattle's not quite as big as Chicago, you know, but still, um, it had to be bigger for presidential candidates. It had to be a couple hundred dollars. Yeah, it's got to be a little bit more. Yeah, do you think that's going to get passed? 
No, that's not it. So it would have to be more for presidential campaigns. There's other democracies that are doing things similar. Um, he talks about that. So, you know, I, I think that's uh, it's, it's a clearly constitutional and extremely promising uh, policy idea. Uh, and so that kind of a thing could be tried in other cities, in other states, um, and uh, potentially uh, eventually at the, at the federal level as well. Um, you know, so I would say that our, our, our current campaign, campaign finance system is, is a disaster, but this is not inevitable. And there are uh, many policies that uh, lots of democracies around the world use that successfully regulate money in politics. Um, and there's no reason why the U.S. couldn't do the same thing. It's it. He says he says more. So I thought the way he said it was yeah. a disaster was was great. He's so smart. <laughs> yeah, he 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 doesn't hold any punches. Yeah, he's like, we can do this. If any other countries can do this, we can do this too. Yeah, you know, like it's yeah. not that hard. You know? Yeah, like Germany and Canada did it. Like, yeah, yeah. He's well, Uzbekistan did it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like other countries are doing it, right? Yeah. yeah. So what what happens when they do it? At a at a large disadvantage relative to their opponents. So, you know, the, the federal presidential public financing uh, is not nearly generous enough, uh, given the amount of money that can be raised privately. Um, some states also have publicly finance, public financing systems where the amounts are too small, and as a result, uh, almost nobody participates. Um, on the other hand, some states like uh, Arizona, Connecticut, uh, Maine um, have more generous public, public financing systems. And uh, in those states, the significant majority of candidates uh, do decide to uh, take the public financing, um, even with the, the strings that come attached to it. So I, I think it's purely a function of economic self-interest. And it's, uh, you know, it's really important to structure a public financing system uh, to provide enough money that uh, candidates can run viable campaigns uh, with, that, with the, the public fund. So in five states, uh, candidates received 40% or more of their funds from donors who gave $250 or less. Those states are Wisconsin with 49%, Massachusetts 43%, Rhode Island 42%, Maine 42%, Arizona 42%, and Montana 41%. So the states that he, he mentioned there as well. The median states is where 16% of candidates' funds are contributed by donors who gave $250 left. 12 states were below 10%. So a couple of states are, are doing it with about half is public money, but most of them I mean, the median is 60%, the middle That's, of the road, 25th, yeah, right? The 25th and 24th states are Washington, Kansas, Kentucky. I would, you know, man, I bet the majority of the spending that super PACs do would go towards, like, shit ads that are just horrible ads that are, yeah, like, negative mean, ads and, like, negative right? Ads. Like, it looks like somebody with a YouTube channel. Only you can prevent Hillary Clinton. Right, right. <laughs> We have the options of public funding, I guess. That's, that's where, I guess, we can end it there. Public funding, you know. You know, if you're listening and you're in the Federal Election Commission, you know, vote to make some changes, please. 